everybody and welcome to the challenge flag where we call bs on fantasy football so-called experts i'm zach dorfman joined by mike conti mike tell them how it is and uh thanks for tuning in to our uh, our first official episode Woo-woo. uh this episode we're going to mm-hmm. be uh focused on quarterbacks so mike tell them kind of like what's going to be going down Today we'll be taking a look at the experts' rankings of the QBs, and we'll be analyzing any disparities among the uh, top-tier QBs. Uh, So we're doing this so you guys have a better idea of the experts' rankings and their reasonings behind it and why we think they're accurate or not. And if you like what you hear today, give us a follow on Twitter at flag underscore challenge. Head over to YouTube and like and subscribe at the challenge flag or send us an email at thechallengeflagofficial at gmail.com if you have any questions on certain players or you have some players that you want us to take a look at uh, so that we can help out your fantasy lineups as well. So how our show is always going to work is that um, I'm going to give you the player that we're going to be analyzing. We're going to give you the rankings of what some of the experts are saying. You know, you're going to see like a wide range of people ranking players high, people ranking players low. And then Mike and I are going to go into uh, what you're hearing around the league, some stats that we found ourselves, and then point you into who we think is most right on some of these players. And then we're just going to move on to the next guy. At the end, we're going to give you some of our uh, against the grain picks. So uh, because some of these players, uh, everyone feels pretty solidly on and we might have some different ideas and we're going to give you uh, some little tidbits uh, as to probably why and maybe change your idea away from some of these uh, expert consensus rankings as well. So before we get into the guys on our list, let's talk about QB draft strategy. Regardless of where we rank in these people. Get, like, let's talk about QB draft strategy because you and I are definitely both on the same page with this. And it's that don't don't pick Aaron Rodgers in the fourth round. Don't. Don't do it. Like, it's, it's such a waste. Don't take him in the fourth round. And also, historically, Cam Newton is the best fantasy football quarterback. He goes 8th, 9th, 10th round. Don't waste the top five pick. Don't waste one of those key special positions, wide receiver, running back, possibly tight end pick on a QB that's going to get you two or three more points a week than some no-show that you could get in the 12th round. Yeah, like let's look at – all right, so if we looked at, you know, how much some of them averaged a week uh, for like the top guys from last season. So like Russell Wilson was the first and kind of like blew everyone else – out of the water. So he averaged 20.7 fantasy points per week. You go down to number two at Cam Newton, 17.9. Tom Brady, 17.8. Alex Smith, 17.6. You go all the way down to like the 12th ranked quarterback. They were all, they were only averaging two less points a week. Now that's a good amount but if you could draft, so let's just say, you know, the, the 12th ranked quarterback, right? They average two points less than the second ranked quarterback. Right now, ADP wise, the 12th ranked quarterback is Andrew Luck going in the second pick of the 10th round. The second quarterback, ADP wise, is Deshaun Watson, first pick of the fifth round. That's a five round difference for two points a week. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Much rather fill a, a, a running back there, back your RB2 or wide receiver three, or even your tight end there. Definitely, personally, no QB, no go for me. Yeah, and there, there's people outside even the top 12 rank that are good. I mean, you mentioned Phillip Rivers. Uh, people expect big things from Pat Mahomes, even though he's got a really tough first four-week schedule. Um, Let's see, fifth round, people just people who are being drafted around Deshaun Watson. You got Mark Ingram, Royce Freeman, Brandon Cooks, Jimmy Graham, Lamar Miller. 
Those are legit RB2s. Would you rather have an RB2 or a quarterback who's going to put up two to three more points a week compared to a quarterback that you could have drafted way later? Oh, yeah. I, no brainer. No take brainer. The value, take the value where you can get it. The point differential in a fifth round running back and a 12th round running back is much more different than a fifth round QB and a 12th round QB. Now, where do you, let's just say you're drafting and everyone in your league has the same idea. Like we're not drafting. That happened last year. Andrew, not Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady went back to back in the fifth round. They went 6-7 in the fifth round, way below their ADPs. Now, where are you? Because I'm right there with you. I'm not even sure I know the answer to this question, but where are you? Like, Aaron Rodgers is still on the board. Nobody's drafting quarterbacks. Where is the earliest that you're taking Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I, I would pull the trigger on him fifth round. Okay. Like first pick because, fifth round? Yeah, because by then, I would imagine I'll have my running back, RB1, RB2, wide receiver 1, wide receiver 2. And you could go, you could definitely go top 3, top 4 tight end there. See, fifth round? This is, this is only because we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about the MVP, the guy you, you expect to put up those monster points every week. Yeah, I agree. Everyone else is like too much of like a what if, like could go. Because if you're going to waste that pick, you want to know that like you're getting the number one quarterback, not, uh, you know, not getting someone who's like, you know, could slip down to the three or four. Like, yeah, you don't want to do that because you could find that later. But in the fifth round for tight ends, so... Gronko's uh, second round, Travis Kelsey third, Zach Ertz fourth, Jimmy Graham and Greg Olson are both in the fifth. Yeah, so... So, yeah, when you think about it that way, like, Aaron Rodgers is a little bit more valuable of a player than those guys. I mean, for me, I'm probably still... I'm probably just ignoring it and telling myself... <laughs> I'm probably telling oh, myself... I'm like, not... That was, that was if I when I would take Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. If you I, had to. I have zero intent on taking Aaron Rodgers. I plan on taking my sleeper QB of this draft. Everyone's giving me flack for it. Mm-hmm. I would probably go Tyrod Taylor in the 14th, 15th. He has two good wide receivers. He can run around. He's got the arm. Mm, he's, he's, he's good Taylor. especially for someone that you're a starting quarterback you can take a starting quarterback that way like i said i drafted philip rivers in the 14th round last year in my league and he wound up being a top 10 fantasy quarterback could so, it just be that my league has no idea what they're doing yeah that's true. i don't like to think that i think there's some fantasy gurus in there but everyone slept on rivers i needed a quarterback he was the best available i took him and i definitely think tyrod will be there this year okay so now who are you who like when you're taking when you're thinking like I'm taking Tyrod Taylor I'm taking Tyrod Taylor who has to be like left on the board like who are you taking Tyrod above a lot of people honestly so like I I I can't and maybe there's people out there who with their leagues people many people draft a backup quarterback I think drafting a backup quarterback is complete nonsense my league last year I think we had two or three people draft a backup QB so by then, you're getting um, to the 15th ranked QB, which right now ADP, 15th is Ben Roethlisberger, which he's a slinger you could just take. Mm-hmm. Keep him for the home games where he normally kills it. But Alex Smith is down there at 19. I mean, I, I might take Smith over Tyrod. He was a top QB last year. Yeah. Granted, the different teams with a different team this year. I'd say a uh, less talented wide receiving core, but mm-hmm. he can think and dump the Crowder all day. Yeah, now with, like, and, like, so you mentioned Tyrod, like, with awful wide receivers. So one thing that Tyrod doesn't do is he doesn't throw many picks. Uh, he does not. In 2015-6, 2016-6, and 2017, he only threw four interceptions. Not many touchdowns, though. 2017 and 14, so his touchdowns have gone down. Uh, his yards also, as well, every single year, his passing yards have gone down th- uh, 3,035, 3,023, 2,799. Exactly the same with his rushing. Uh, his attempts have gone down every year, 104 attempts to 95 attempts to 84 attempts. But I Has just, he ever had two top 20 wide receivers and, and a top, debatable top 10 running back in Carlos Hyde? And, oh, and that's the thing. That's the thing that's different is that the Browns are this like random ragtag bunch of players that have assembled together and that could be great. And, you know, Josh Gordon's ceiling 
is the best wide receiver in the league. Exactly. Yeah. Jarvis Landry's ceiling is a top five guy. Carlos Hyde's ceiling is a top five, top 10 running back. So like what we're basically saying is the best QB strategy is waiting as long as you can and getting some value picks out of quarterbacks. You know, we're going to do this whole episode talking about quarterbacks. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to drafting time, we pretty much agree that uh, later is better for these guys. All right, let's get right into our first guy on the list. The first guy we're going to be talking about today is Andrew Luck. Now, currently, he has a consensus ranking of 13th overall, but his ADP has him going 12th. You know, on Yahoo, two different experts ranked him 16th and 19th. Uh, ESPN, he's around 9 or 10. Um, Clay, 9. Barry, 10. Carabell, 10. Fantasy Pros have him pretty high at 6. Uh, Andy Holloway at 5. Mike Wright's got him at 8. Uh, Pro Football Focus, uh, two different experts have him at 12 and 17. So Andrew Luck is all over the place. Uh, right now, he is the... 10th round, second pick, 12th overall. Oh, yeah. He's the uh, 12th quarterback off the board, 10th round. Second pick. In 12-man leagues, of course. In 12-man leagues, of course. That is true. Because, like, some people have him at 16, 19, 13, like, outside the QB1. Um, you know, some have him, like, within the top five. So where do you see him more finishing? As we uh, discussed earlier, he, he was a top five quarterback prior to his injuries. Even after his uh, 2015 injury, he came back, he killed it, had a 4,200-yard season, 31 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. But this being a more dramatic injury, he missed a whole year. He just picked up a football for the first time about a month ago. I don't believe he's throwing an NFL football yet. I don't have the faith in him to put up the same numbers that he's put up before. So let's just say, let's just say, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Let's just say preseason, he goes out and he's killing it. Right now, we know that preseason is, you know, a little wishy-washy on like how much it really matters. But like preseason, he goes out, he kills it. Do you change your mind going into the season then? One hundred (laughs) percent. So it really. I'm investing a lot in his preseason performance. Honestly, I don't know if he's even on track to play in the preseason Mm -hmm. this year. As I've seen nothing on that, he might be a week one start. He might be a week four start. We we've heard nothing about his status of a return yet. Yeah, that's true. All right, so it's basically like, you know, it, if you had to guess... You got to like, prove it to me. You have yeah. to prove it to me without... If he can repeat what he does, obviously he's a top five. I don't think he'll be as... I mean, he ha- he's had the rest, but that could also mean that he'll be rusty. Mm-hmm. He'll have fresh legs under him. I believe he had quite a few rushing touchdowns. He's got two in 2016, three in 2014, four in 2013, five in 2012. How many, how many yards per... How many yards, though? So he's got like 60 attempts per like full season. 62, 63, 64, 64 in the full seasons he played. He went 255 yards, 377, 273, 341. So he averages 18 yards. That's two points a week. I mean, two points isn't much, but ideally you want to get 20 points at your quarterback minimum. And that two-point bump is just enough to get them over that 300-yard two-touchdown game to 20 20 points. Okay, so if – he shows that he's like can throw an NFL sized football. He comes back, he plays preseason, shows that he can keep up with the pace of like actual an NFL game because the whole season off is like tough. So if you know if he comes back and shows that in the preseason, you're gonna more agree with you know the fantasy pros at six, Andy Holloway at five, Mike Wright at eight, right? Yeah, and assuming he can still throw that long ball to Ty. Yeah, what? concerns me is the like that whole year off like you said i mean like a whole year off throwing a high school foot size football like he did just come out and say that he has no pain none so he did though in that same article say that he still has a dip in his arm when throwing and it's getting less and less every time he goes out and throws. But there still is a dip there. And preseason is fast approaching. So it's hard for me to see like, oh yeah, 4,200 yards, 31 touchdowns from a guy who like right up to the season is trying to get back to being able to throw the ball where 
where he was able to, like the way he was able to before. But what pisses me off, and it should piss everyone off, what <laughs> pisses me off the most is ESPN's rankings. Every single expert from ESPN has him right in the middle, like at 10, like end of the QB1 range. And to me, that is awful. And this is why I like the, like, I wanted to do the idea for this show. Because if you're on an ESPN fantasy league and you just follow your ESPN flat platform for rankings, this is not what's going to happen. If Andrew Luck plays because he's 100% healthy, he's getting the 40, like 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns that he always gets consistently. If he doesn't play or, you know, plays part of it and like his shoulders, you know, bothering him and he's, you know, he's got to sit out, then he's further down than 10. So uh, to me, when I see that like ESPN ranks him around 10, is this like total BS safe pick just trying to be like, well, we don't want to be too wrong, but we're probably not going to be too right. So let's just leave them in the middle here. And to me, that doesn't help you out. If you're trying to study for your fantasy team, doing that safe pick doesn't help you out. You want to be listening to people who are going to say, hey, he's really good. Take him. Or he is not going to be good. Don't take him. And so like that more just goes to show again, like why you need to like branch out and look at more than just one platform. Cause uh, the big platforms are going to do that a lot where they're going to just give you this, like, uh, we're not really sure about this guy. So we're just going to put him right in the middle. While I agree that it's a cop out, I can't say I blame him. Cause like I said, all depending on how his preseason goes to some people, I don't know why they'll draft before preseason week one, week two, week three. And for them to see that they he's ranked 10th and he's yet to really prove anything, I would say that's like a semi-accurate. He hasn't shown that he's going to be a top five again, and he hasn't completely stunk it up to the point where you're just not even going to waste your time on him. As of now, I, I can kind of understand it. But like I said, it is a cop-out. But yeah. once the preseason comes around, should he play, that will definitely his his rankings will definitely be changed there'll be there'll be big articles about it andrew luck bust this year expect big things from andrew luck everyone will change their mind once they actually see what he does on the field yeah that's true like yeah i I see what you're saying where like you get it like cop out before you see it it just makes me very very angry (laughs) they're getting paid to put out that information yeah it's not even useful now so if you have you gun to your head gun to your head right now you got to tell someone where what QB rank you should take Andrew Luck is it in that top five is it you know outside the QB one range in in the teens right now you have to predict what's going to happen go what is under my head historically I draft my QBs in the 14th and 15th (laughs) round because I don't care about them but (laughs) under my head I had to give an accurate guess where he's going to finish I would say slow start. He will eventually pick it up. He's a Stanford grad. The dude's a genius. But during that slow start, he'll have Jack Doyle as a safety cushion down low. He had a great year last year. He finished a tight end seven with Jacoby Brissett throwing to him. He had uh, 80 receptions for 690 yards and four touchdowns. So I could definitely see Andrew Luck taking advantage of him in the early parts of the season just to get going. And once he gets going, he gets comfortable in the motion, in the pocket, throwing the ball deep downfield to T.Y., I think at that point he'll be a uh, definitely a top five quarterback option. And I will. I thought we were going to disagree on this one. I will actually <laughs> agree with you. I just think that you know injured in 2015, came back through 4,200 yards, 31 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Like to me, that's the year off is still a little scary for me. But like if I had to gun to my head, pick it, I'm going to go with. Andy Holloway from the fantasy footballs rank of fifth overall. Cause I just think that if he plays hundred percent healthy, he's that good. So you follow Yahoo, get out of here with that <laughs> ESPN, you know, grow some cojones and make, make a pick or something. So yeah, high picks from both of high, high picks for both of us for Andrew Luck. All right. Here's a guy that I know that you're going to be so excited to talk about. And I know you're going to have your... Carson Wentz. Oh, I hate him. How, how did you know? How did you know? All right. Carson Wentz. Everyone, pretty much all experts have him in their top seven. Um, his ADP, he's going as like the, depending on uh, like what league or what format you're looking at, about the fifth or sixth quarterback 
off the board. Um, that would be, you know, in the one that I'm looking um, on Fantasy Football Calculator, he's going as the fifth off the board in the 11th pick of the sixth round. Okay. We all know what Carson Wentz uh, did last year. Six of the 13 weeks he played, he had over 20 fantasy points. In one of those weeks, he had 30 fantasy points. And even the ones below it, you know, 18, 16, 19, 16, uh, Carson Wentz was winning you a good number of weeks, fantasy-wise. Um, however, again, not to mention two of my boys from the fantasy footballers tend to think a little bit like you and I, uh, Jason and Mike have him ranked as the 11th and 15th. So a fringe quarterback one, uh, if you're in a uh, 12-man league or like me, if in a 10-man league, he's outside quarterback one. Uh, so it seems that like most experts have confidence that he's in that top seven. Drafters are having confidence that he's going even higher than that. And we got two guys sitting out here ranking him at 11th and 15th. Mike. Tell us a little bit as to why that might be. First off, <laughs> if you watched him play last year, you noticed most of his big his big plays was him escaping the pocket, him being mobile. And as as someone who lives in the Philadelphia area, listen to the sports talk radio, all you hear is about how the coaches wanted him to be less mobile, less mobile, less mobile. So he he puts up all his big numbers. I mean, I watched every game. As I've watched, I've watched Red Zone. I watch every game, but uh, <laughs> which let, let's put like a little, uh, like a little uh, uh, shameless plug out there for Red Zone. We do not work for Red Zone. However, if you do not watch Red Zone, then you are stupid. Unless you're an, unless you're an avid fan of a sports team and they're playing at one o'clock, you're not going to watch all of their eight games if your team is on. True, but that, that means is the exception. That means there's still time in the day to watch Red Zone. So unless you're actually going to the stadium <laughs> and you're not home, sometime on your Sunday, you should be watching Red Zone. Indulge, enjoy. Absolutely. All right, but still, a majority of his plays was based off of his mobility in the pocket and his ability to extend plays. Yeah. I would imagine coming back from this injury, it is much worse than it was originally thought to be. He tore, he tore two ligaments, I think LCL, ACL off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, that's definitely going to impact his movement. That's always going to be in the back of his head when he's going to get out of the pocket to make more time to make those plays downfield. And I just don't think that's going to be there. And honestly, the Eagles wide receiver core is nothing special. Nothing you'd hang your hat on to have. What, what were they having on top Five to seven. Uh, so stupid. <laughs> like, so stupid. Like, everyone's going to sit here and sleep on Jordy Nelson in Oakland, but you're going to sit here and talk about how the Eagles have the, the top the top ten wide receiver. Alshon like, Jeffrey is a nice wide receiver, too. He's not a wide receiver one. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess, like, for real football, sure, he could be a wide receiver one, but for fantasy football, like, I don't... Like, no way. Here's why I believe that Carson Wentz is going to go not as the fifth or sixth quarterback off the board. We all know that he had a knee injury this past year. Carson Wentz tore his LCL and ACL, which is a pretty catastrophic knee injury. Now, uh, everyone's saying he's on track. Um, you know, it happened before the end of the season, so he's had a lot of time to recover back on the field, uh, you know, back with, in football shape, back with the football pace. He's going to be fine. Here's the thing, though. Oh, that You have to... The reality of it is, is that he's going to have to rein it in as a runner. Now, we're going to talk about his rushing later and why it was really important to his success and the team's success. But if he does need to uh, just, you know, be more of a pocket passer, less of a scrambler. Uh, last year, Carson Wentz had a 55.78% passing play success rate which was 24th in the NFL. So just pure passing, uh, the Eagles were ranked 24th in the NFL for actually successful passes, all right? However, rushing, they averaged a 4.5 yards per carry as a team. So that's Wentz, that's all the running backs. They're a successful rushing team. Uh, and I think that they, this year, are going to move into leaving the rushing to those rushers, especially because they were so successful last year. Now, for Wentz's rushing, right? He rushed 64 times for 299 yards. That's not amazing. So a lot of people are going to look at that and say, well, you know what? Even if he can't, doesn't rush those 64 times, maybe if it's only like 20 times or, you know, only on like QB sneaks on fourth down, things like that. You know, it's not taking many fantasy points away from him. However, it's about when he was rushing 
and about how he was able to extend drives, which is what makes his rushing so important to the success of his game. So um, the Eagles' most successful play on second down and four and seven yards to go. So not second and long, but not second and short either, like uh, second and medium. Um, the most successful play on the Eagles was Wentz rushing the ball. So this he's not just rushing and just finding success uh, on, you know, QB sneaks or, you know, on third and short or fourth and short. Uh, he is finding, you know, on plays that are, you know, broken plays or plays where he found some room or his options were covered. He was able to run the ball and extend the drive. Um, he does also get it done, though, on fourth and short. Um, from you know one to three yards out seven times and a hundred percent of the time he rushed and got the first down every single time now here is where I think that we're gonna find less production from Carson Wentz uh, Philadelphia ran plays from the shotgun 718 times and under sender only 340 times so almost twice as much they ran plays from the shotgun uh, that was because they played a large number of RPOs, which is the run pass option. They actually ran 18% of their plays as RPOs, which was second in the NFL. Not really, not really second. The Chiefs had an 18.1% RPO percentage, um, like play choice. So it pretty much tied for first. That allowed Wentz uh, the option to hand off. Or if he sees the linebacker uh, jumping up, there's usually a slant option across the field. Uh, he'll keep the ball and throw it to that slant option. Or however, he can run it himself. Now, having a running quarterback or a quarterback that, you know, has the ability to run is a nightmare for linebackers. Because now if there is a running back that's like less successful um, or you're just going to try to challenge the quarterback, you can just cheat one way or the other. Uh, however... You know, what can happen is now a linebacker decides to uh, shade back to cover the pass. If the quarterback, because uh, a lot of times linebackers will try to uh, fool the quarterback and make it look like they're going to jump in to stop the run, but they'll actually shade back and watch that pass over the middle. Quarterback keeps the ball. Once Wentz looks downfield, the passes aren't open. He can decide to run the ball. And he did it. This is not just, uh, you know, just assuming he did. He rushed for 26 first downs. 40.6% of his runs, of his 64 runs, were for first downs. So a large proportion of his runs were him analyzing the situation on RPO plays and deciding to take it himself, not hand it off, not pass it to the guy down the field. He had enough room to run. And all of those carries, the Philadelphia Eagles management did not want him taking. They specifically told him, lay off the running. We need to keep you healthy. Yeah, so it, more of a reason now that he gets injured, right, to say that that he needs to rein it back. It's like, hey, we were telling you this all this time. Run the RPO how it's supposed to be done. Either hand it off or pass the ball. But it's it's just it's crazy. For it, almost, almost half of his runs were for first downs, and his, he was the most successful, you know, second and medium playmaker on the team. Now, also, so now he's going to have to be more of, you know, the team's not going to let him run, and he's not going to be as successful with it. Uh, it's going to give linebackers an advantage against him. It's going to give defenses as a whole an advantage. Uh, but also, he had a seven and a half touchdown percentage, which is not sustainable as a passer. It's just not. If you don't know what touchdown percentage is, it uh, measures the rate of passing attempts by the quarterback that are touchdowns. And it is common knowledge that if you get a touchdown percentage of above seven, um, you're not going to see that continue uh, into your into the next season. Usually in the sixes is where we see uh, most of the top quarterbacks land. Uh, if you're over seven, then you had an amazing year. But that's not a sustainable percentage. So his touchdowns are going to go down. His rushing is going to go down. And his rushing going down is not a factor of like, oh, you take away, he only had 200, he only had like 29.9 rushing points on the whole season. However, that's more about extending plays, extending drives to be able to get more fantasy points for him. So, you know, I just see him as 
a pretty average fantasy guy. I mean, I pretty much see him as the Drew Brees from last year. Everyone expects good things, and he might have a great quarterback rating, you know, great completion percentage, but for fantasy-wise, I see Philadelphia more mixing things up with the run, letting a lot of the running backs do the work, and, um, you know, him just taking more safe plays. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head with the, uh, the dying down. He's a quarterback, and he was able to extend plays, and just the fact that the knee is the key component in cutting and juking, which is what Carson Wentz did. There's one play against the Redskins that just sticks out in my mind where three or two or three would-be tacklers to sack him behind the line of scrimmage. He managed to duck and dive out of all of them and get the pass off downfield. I don't think that that capability is going to be there this year. I don't think his reliability in his knee is going to be there. He won't have he'll have the faith in his knee, mm-hmm. but I just don't think. But everyone does cooperate. Yeah, you have to have the mindset that you're good to go. Because if you don't have that mindset, you're not going to produce. But, I mean, I'd say he has the mindset. I just don't think it's it's there. It's a surgically repaired knee. It's never the same after after the surgery. Oh, yeah. So. Okay, yeah, I'm going with, um, like, uh, Jason and Mike from the Fantasy footballs here, Footballers here, where, uh, you know, they have him at 10, 12. That's pretty much where I'm going to have him because he's, you know, he's still a good quarterback. He's going to put up points, and you don't have to be spectacular to be a top 12 quarterback, and I think that that's what he's going to be. He's going to be pretty lukewarm. Uh, I'm not going with the whole uh, up there with Drew Brees and Cam Newton and uh and I just don't guys. think he, he just doesn't have the talent there. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's that's something we can talk about too, Mr. Uh, uh, Eagles, saying that they have the best <laughs> wide receiver. We will definitely talk about that when we do our wide receiver episode. Absolutely. Next guy I want to talk about is Deshaun Watson. There's a lot of Deshaun Watson truthers out there. Currently, he is the quarterback ranked four, consensus ranked four. And that's pretty much across the board. Uh, No one is really, really much higher than that. No one is much uh, lower than that. Sure, you'll get like a little bit. However, it's not like enough to consider like to be a considerable difference for us to talk about. Everyone's expecting him to have a great season. His ADP, however, he's coming off as the quarterback too. Uh, And, you know, personally for me, having to give that price for his small sample size is um, is a little bit absurd. Now I have some I have some talking points here because I think that we're going to be a little bit different on this. But Mike, tell me what you think about Deshaun Watson going in. Would you pay the asking price for you know if, if he's being drafted as the second quarterback? Would you pay that asking price? Would you pay it as if he's the fourth quarterback off the board? Like, tell me what you're thinking. Personally, as you know, I don't take quarterbacks till in the back end of the draft. Last year, 12-man league, it wasn't until the fifth round the first quarterback was drafted in Tom Brady. So that's the kind of league that I'm involved in at the moment. But Deshaun Watson, talent's there, run all, run all over the field, but I don't think he's got the same issue like Carson Wentz. That knee injury will be in the back of his head. Mm. I mean, the talent is there, plenty of talent. They got, he's throwing to DeAndre Hopkins, the guy catches everything. Will Fuller showed up last year. I mean, I put him above once, but I don't definitely not QB two or four. Okay, so like if you if it was like gun to your head, like where are you ranking him? Or like where would where would you take him? Like I know that you wait until like the end of drafts, but like <laughs> yeah. like when does it become where you're like this this guy's still on the board? Like where where would well, you if he's him? if he's there in like the like the seventh or eighth round for me? Because like I said, I go super late, but that type of talent if he's there that. I definitely think, ranking-wise, five, five to seven. You always, I mean, I always have Rodgers, Wilson, Brady, yeah. Breeze above him. Those are those are locks every year. Oh, Breeze, you're you're getting you're getting ahead of yourself with one of the uh, one of the talking points Breeze? I wanted to bring up because people be <laughs> sleeping on Drew Breeze this year, and I just don't get it. I don't get it. But here, okay, here are some things that might make you see i thought that you were going to be like deshaun watson all the way like oh no uh, not at all i thought i thought thought, you were going to be like i thought of him as like chris thompson-esque all right but now everyone says that he was a monster last year which he was but like let me give you like a little bit of a truth about those statistics that you see 
He played Garbage seven. Time. He played seven games last year. He only had two games without throwing an interception. So there's that, you know, young quarterback comes in and makes a lot of mistakes. We forget that because of how successful uh, he was. He was still getting points on, even though he was throwing picks because he was just getting so much. His four monster weeks, okay? He played Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland, and then at Seattle. In that Seattle game, he threw three interceptions. Sure, he had four touchdowns, which elevated his points, but he made a lot of mistakes there on the road. And the other teams that he played, Tennessee, Kansas City, and Cleveland, all no defenses to really, like, shake your tail at. Like, So three of his four standout games last year were against below 500, bottom of the pack, um, pass defense. He faced Kansas City, who's ranked 29th, Tennessee was 25th, and Cleveland at 19th. So you have to keep that in mind, too, when taking a look at his numbers. Yeah, exactly. He played a top defense once. That was his first week, so you can look at it as... Yeah, let's, you know, let's throw it out because it was his first game in the NFL. Or you can look at it as how did he do in his small sample size? How did he do against top defenses? He got five fantasy points. He threw for 100 yards, fumbled, and threw an interception. So he became dangerous like when he could run. Um, you can see in those games that he started to uh, pick up the rushing attack a little bit. So you know, again, dual threat quarterback. It does throw defenses off a little bit. And we know how successful he was with the deep ball. However, coming off of a knee injury, like you said, so coming off of a knee injury, we're looking at all just, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people want to see success and are ignoring a lot of the warning signs of a young quarterback. He is a quarterback who liked to run, hurt his knee. He only played seven games. Only five of those games he threw an interception. His four monster weeks were against bottom-of-the-line defenses. You know, and he only played one top defense. I just think that there's like a... There's a lot more that I need to see from Deshaun Watson to say that he's my every week quarterback where I'm going to play him against top defenses and not worry and not even uh, not even think about it, kind of like an Aaron Rodgers. But I just think that you have to give up that draft price for him. And I, to me, I just need to see more. I need to see more. Yeah, and one big thing that I'm against is if I see a stat and I think it's a bubbled stat, like garbage time points, or mm. if somebody puts up an 18 point week, but they had a, a 90 yard touchdown catch and that was all they did. You're not going to go add that guy off the waiver wire, right? Deshaun Watson, he had some great games last year. Although some of those great games were accompanied by some bubble stats, courtesy of Will Fuller started off against the chiefs. Will Fuller hit a 48 yard touchdown catch. And essentially the chiefs, the chiefs just undercut him. The Chiefs went to go cover a slant. It was just one-on-one -on -one coverage with a corner. Will Fuller is a fast guy, and he beat him. That was on Will Fuller to beat the corner, but can he do that every week? Teams are going to be playing for this. The next week has a 39-yard touchdown against the Browns, where he was just essentially left wide open, running downfield, sticks his hand up to Sean Watson, hits him. Is it nice to see that Sean Watson can hit a guy who's wide open downfield for a touchdown? Of course it is. But is that going to happen every week? It shouldn't. It's the NFL. These guys are pros. Lastly, against the Seattle Seahawks, Will Fuller had two blown coverage touchdowns and that was just icing on the cake for anybody who had Deshaun Watson that week it wasn't just like on all of these balls like Will Fuller beating a guy going up like 50-50 jump ball like it didn't show us that Deshaun Watson could fit balls into tight spaces it showed that you know with the right play calling like they were fooling safeties but this is like a whole year later of studying this. And like, I'm pretty much all of these long touchdowns that are bubbling Deshaun Watson's, Watson's stats. Uh, safeties were making some like pretty drastically awful decisions and leaving Will Fuller wide open. And, you know, like even on one of the touchdowns, like Richard Sherman, who was like covering him pretty tightly, Will Fuller didn't even make a cut. He just turned the wrong way. And it left Will Fuller wide open. So it's like, it didn't show me that I trust Deshaun Watson in, you know, tight coverage situations. It just showed that, like you said, like he can just hit a wide open guy. But I want to see him be able to be able to, you know, uh, not just be successful on blown coverages, but be successful when like, when like you have a tight window to fit it into. So the last guy on our list before we give you our against the grain picks is Kirk Cousins. So some of the rankings that Cousins has, you know, some of the top people that he's specific, he's 
particularly around eight, nine, like all the way around. Yahoo's got him at nine. Fantasy Pros has him at eight. Pro Football Focus at seven. You know, you see him as the lowest 13 from one of the experts at Yahoo Sports. CBS Sports has him at 11. Friends with Fantasy Benefits, ooh, that's a good name, has him at 11. Um, There are a number of people who have him higher. Gridiron Experts, Derek Brown from Gridiron Experts has him at three. Uh, Jacob Hubman from the Fantasy Headliners has him at five. Um, Nick Zylak from Fantasy Football Advice has him at five. Bobby Sylvester from the Fantasy Pros has him at six. You know, Dan Harris from Fantasy Pros has him at seven. So um, there are a number who have him towards the top, uh, like five, six. And there are a number who have him towards the end of QB1 around like eight, nine, ten. You know, some of them have him at 12 or 13. So tell me, do you see him as finishing more in that, you know, top five or six? Or do you see him at the end of... Oh, the quarterback one territory. Yeah, no, not top five. I have I have top five reserved for the usuals every year. He might slide in there, but like I said, I think the run game might take away from some of his opportunities. They might not need to be throwing the ball. Redskins were behind all the time. They just needed him to play catch up. So I definitely think they'll have leads later in games where they won't need to necessarily be gunslinging. Mm-hmm. They won't have many gunslinging matchups because of their defense. Well, overall, he is most successful thrown to the like short right side. And deep, he's also more successful throwing to the right side of the field. Kyle Rudolph was actually most successful out of Diggs, Thielen, um, and Rudolph on the short right side. Had a 62% uh, success rate on the short right side. So... Uh, 39 attempts and 24 successful plays. Diggs on the short right side, 42 attempts, 23 successful plays for 55%. And then Thielen, 51 attempts on 23 successful plays, 45% on the short right side. But what it has to do with Kirk Cousins is that um, Kirk Cousins has tendencies. And his tendency over his career is to um, throw it to the tight ends. It is just good to see that when a quarterback comes into a new system that where he is most successful throwing in the past is where his tight end is most successful catching in the past and because he consistently turns to his tight ends. That's just a little tidbit on why I think he's going to be successful, um, you know, because there's a lot more that's going to go into that. And there's like a lot more question marks of, you know, he goes into a new offense with two wide receivers that are way higher caliber of wide receivers that he's ever had before. How is he going to utilize them? How is the, you know, how is he going to take to the new system? He has better people around him and that's all you need to know. He has a healthy tight end one, top tight end in the league in Kyle Rudolph. Whether you like Thielen or Diggsmore, whichever one you think is worst, he is better than his best receiver that he had last year. And he has two of them. And he now has a running game. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely think he'll be good for 250. Two, I think he'll be good for the two touchdowns a game this year. Like, minimum. Mm-hmm. So come the end of the year, he'll have a 30. He'll have at least 35 touchdowns. So you see 35 touchdowns as, as like, where? Give him, give him, a, give him a number. Looking at the rankings, my AD, I'm looking at ADP rankings right now. They have him ranked eight, and honestly, that seems pretty fit. He's above guys that I would expect him to be better than. There's nobody above him that I think he's going to do better than. So I think his, his ADP is accurate. All these people doing these mock drafts on fantasyfootballcalculator.com, shameless plug. I think they got it right. See, okay, I, I will mostly agree with you. I will mostly agree with you there. I think that what you had mentioned with good good quarterback, good team, good situation, uh, better than he had before, and he was successful before, you know, way more successful than the predecessor, Case Keenum, um, who only, he threw for 3,000 yards last year, but, you know... And didn't have Dalvin Cook the majority of the year. And didn't have Dalvin Cook for the majority of the year. However, Kirk Cousins, when played a whole season, has never thrown in the 3,000 yards, always in the 4,000 yards. So I think um, he will, I'm, I'm not saying he'll do bad. I'm saying he's going to, he's going to do well. 
I'm just saying, to, is he better than Rodgers? Is he going to be better than Watson, Wilson, Brady? I think, okay, I think Wentz is ranked too. He'll definitely be better than Wentz this year. Personal opinion, not not any bias. Honestly, no mm-hmm. bias. I think he'll be better than Wentz this year. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton, like I, I said before, he is the best fantasy quarterback ever. I believe yeah. it's either him or Rodgers. They're just one and two right next to each other. Yeah. Cam, I'm always questionable about Cam. Is he going to be able to keep up the running every year? He keeps up the running. He's going to have a better year than Cousins. If he can't keep up the running, Cousins is definitely above him. And then the only other quarterback there is Breeze, which... I mean, Breeze is Breeze. I, I, I still have my faith in Breeze to keep it going. Mm-hmm. No, so do I. Absolutely. See, my I mostly agree with you there. I'm taking Wentz out of the situation, like you said. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think Wentz is. Yeah, I'm. I'm dropping Wentz down to the end of quarterback one. Um, so then Kirk gets like a bump to seven, uh, to the and seventh Cam quarterback. Cam Newton is also iffy. Yeah. I'd bump him to seven. The only other one that I'm iffy of in terms of a whole season is Deshaun Watson. Now, it's hard for me to sit here and say that Kirk Cousins finishes above Deshaun Watson because if it doesn't happen, people will be like, well, the stats were there. Why didn't you listen to it? It's just... It's just there's another running quarterback who had an ACL tear and he did not have much uh, experience in the league so far. However, I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave it as is. If I had to make a bold pick, Kirk Cousins is the number six quarterback, and I'm taking Deshaun Watson out of there. Um, but most likely I'm gonna leave him at seven. Yeah, so I'm gonna agree with uh, you know, Mike Wright from the Fantasy Footballers, Kevin Wheeler from NFL Mock. Bobby Sylvester from the Fantasy Pros, guys like that. So, um, you know, when you see, if you look at a, you know, just a reminder, like the reason we mention all the rankings is that um, when we tell you where uh, where we agree that they should be ranked more than others, when you go into a website and you look at um, how uh, those experts that you're looking at is ranking their quarterbacks, if you see something like different than what we're saying, you know, just know that we've looked at a number of experts so that you can go into that and saying, oh, they mentioned that they would put Kirk Cousins around six or seven. Uh, this website that I'm looking at has him around 10. So, you know, I'm going to go listen to, you know, the challenge flag over there. Again, that's why we keep, we're going to keep mentioning the rankings and we're going to keep referring it back to how other experts have them ranked, uh, you know, who we think is most right so that when something pops up for you, you can say, oh, no, 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 we, we already talked about that. And, uh, you know, the challenge flag mentioned how they should actually be ranked there. Let's go against the grain here. Okay, so what we mean by going against the grain is there are certain guys that are, you know, just... They're just ranked pretty much the same by everybody, not much of a difference in their rankings by a number of these experts. However, we feel a little bit bit differently, and uh, we have very, very large opinions about certain uh, aspects of fantasy football, and so this is the time of the show that we kind of, you know, take take a step back from just looking at the experts, and we give our two cents. So the first quarterback that we're going to be looking at in going against the grain is Drew Brees. My boy. My boy. Yeah. Drew Brees, currently quarterback seven. ADP, number seven. ESPN, number seven. Yahoo ranked five, six, and eight. Guess what that averages out to? About seven. About number seven. (laughs) It's about seven. About seven. Everyone has them pretty much around seven. Seven is the safe bet that everyone is doing. Drew Brees is going to have a spectacular year. So do you think think he had a down year? You can have a down year in your career. He's the fifth best fantasy quarterback of all time. You're allowed to have a down year. True. Did he show any signs of slowing down? No, he passed for 4,300 yards. Just because he didn't get the touchdowns. What you going to do? And he's got Alvin Kamara who caught 81 balls for 800 yards last year. Second year in the system. They'll be using him the full season, not just half the season. There's no AP getting him playing time. Yeah. Mark Ingram is out four games. Alvin Kamara had four less catches than Le'Veon Bell and 175 more yards. Woof. How many Uh, touchdowns did he have last year? Drew Brees? Brees? 23. 17 of them came from inside the 20. 12 came from inside the 10. So, I mean, I guess the red zone's... Still there. He maybe he's not getting those deep bombs because he didn't have Brandon Cooks. Yeah, yeah. That's... Michael Thomas isn't a, isn't isn't that kind of receiver. Cameron Meredith is. 
But I just think that like right. when, when a team has like that good of a rushing attack, like teams are gonna come into it planning for that. And I think that if Sean Payton is smart, he's gonna like just realize like what he has in Drew Brees. And like again, Drew Brees was he wasn't trying not to. You know, he led the league in yards per attempt, so he's not just like throwing it short and trying to manage the game. He broke the accuracy record. Think about that. He broke the accuracy record throwing it deeper than everyone else. Like that's that's absurd. That that is a quarterback that's not, you know, a seventh overall quarterback. That's like a like in comparison with the top guys. And, you know, honestly, I would say if it wasn't for the amount of like points that you get from rushing, I would take Russell Wilson and Car- um and Cam Newton below him too. But you get a lot of points for rushing as well. <laughs> yeah, so I would say that 4300 yards is not doesn't doesn't mean that he's just looking to hand the ball off every play his touchdown rate went down to 4.3 from inside the fives that's going to jump up this year you know his passing to rushing touchdowns has always been two to one last year was the only year that it was one it was a one to one ratio that's going to change as well 20 rushing touchdowns between Kamara and Ingram is not sustainable um, and like, really, honestly, all you need is the touchdowns to come back, which we are expecting them to do. And he's a top five guy. Okay. So right now, like we said, he's going seventh, uh, is the quarterback seventh off the board. The guys in front of him, uh, ADP wise, Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. If you're going to say all accurate, except Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz. So you think Drew Brees is five, put Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz underneath that Drew Brees is going to be five. All right, everybody, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in. You can always give us a follow on Twitter at flag underscore challenge. Head over to YouTube and follow us at the challenge flag. Or if there are two players that you want us to take a look at or a subject that we did not cover that you would like us to cover, send us an email at thechallengeflagofficial at gmail.com. We'll make sure to include it in at the end of the episode. Before we go, we're going to send you over to Mike for a bold prediction for the season. Mike, take it away. If you're looking for that spicy tech in your fantasy football lineup, this year's bold prediction quarterback I'm aiming to grab in the 14th or 15th round, Cleveland's own Tyrod Taylor. You got to go with this guy. Let's be honest. Josh Gordon, he's got the potential to be better than Antonio Brown. He's got the skill set. Jarvis Landry is Jarvis Landry. You throw him the ball, he's going to catch him. You throw him the ball 15 times a game, he'll catch all those balls. Corey Coleman, first round pick. He's a wide receiver too anywhere else in the league. What is the wide receiver T in the Browns? You know what else they got? They got Duke Johnson. The guys are running back. Might as well be a wide receiver. They throw him out in the slot. David Njoku. Njoku. <laughs> it's like Evan Ingram. If Evan Ingram wasn't as good, but he's still a catching tight end. <laughs> and he'll get the job done. <laughs> he'll get the ball on the ground. He's a running quarterback, although it's his passing numbers and rushing numbers have gone down the past few years. But he's in Buffalo. It's cold. You don't want to run. Your body's not warm. You don't want to take hits. Now he's over in Cleveland. Honestly, it's not much warmer. But he's got Josh Gordon. So that's my bold prediction. Take it or leave it, you filthy animals.